Well, hey everyone, welcome this morning, uh, or you can welcome me, however that works. Uh, my name's Taylor, like uh, Freddie said, I'm from Kelso. Uh, man, uh, I have a few people to thank this morning. Uh, my wife said to tell everyone, you're welcome. Um, so uh, <laughs> I was gone for uh, the last four days. I was over in Pasco on the eastern side of the state and uh, had the opportunity to lead worship over there for a camp that was going on. And then uh, last night I drove uh, the three hours. My family came with me, so we drove three hours from, well, four and a half from Pasco back to Kelso. And I dropped my wife and my kids off, and then I drove another three hours up here uh, to come crash Freddie's couch last night. So it was great. Um, yeah, Freddie and I are great friends. Um, man, it's just cool how God works. I don't know if you've experienced that in your life, just like the random things that seem random, but God's really doing something. And so uh, my, my best friend, Grady, uh, he was in California. We all have roots back in California somewhere, um, and it's uh, maybe proven by the skinny jeans. But uh, we, we were up there, and um, he actually was selling cars at the time and sold the car to Freddie, and that's how we met Freddie. And then they started talking ministry. And, um, and then I was in this really cool coaching group with Pastor Matt, and Pastor Matt was talking about uh, worship pastors and stuff like that, and uh, we were able to make this really cool connection. And uh, I said, Freddie, whatever happens, we just got to get you up here so we can party all the time. So it's really great. Uh, I love Freddie, and I love Pastor Matt. I've known Pastor Matt for about a year now, and he's a great friend. And, um, and so we, we get to pray for each other, encourage each other on this coaching call. And so I'm thankful for uh, him inviting me to come be here with you guys today. I'm also thankful for my pastor who uh, let me come here today. And so you can thank him as well. I just have a lot of thank yous to give out today. Uh, but there's a lot of people that, that let me come be here today. And I'm just really excited to be here with you in this series you guys are in. And uh, man, I did this the first service. How many guys uh, were here first service? There's any, oh, there's no double dippers here. Oh, there's a double dipper right there. All right, yeah. This is fun. I've never got to do this before. I've always just like done one service. So it's kind of cool to have some deja vu and like do it again. And uh, so it'll be fun. So double dip in today, but I'm excited. And I just, before we get too far, I, I just really respect and love your guys' lead pastor, Pastor Matt. You guys have an incredible team here. And uh, I just thought my pastor has also been on a sabbatical uh, this summer, and so it's been great to give him a time of rest, and, and I know you guys are going through the same thing. And man, there's just something powerful about giving your pastor some time uh, to be with Jesus and to reflect and for, for God to do a work in him so that he can bring that back to you and just pour out vision and direction over your church. And so I thought it would be great and honoring today if we prayed for Pastor Matt. And so if you join me, I'd just like to welcome you to do that this morning. God, we thank you so much for for Life Church 360, God, for your church that, that you've placed here right in this community. And we thank you for the leadership of Pastor Matt. And uh, God, everything that you've done in him up to this point, the investment that he's placed into this church, God, in this time of, of just rest, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just speak vision and life and encouragement over him, and that he would just come back uh, inspired to, to lead with just great courage and great passion uh, the plans that, that you have for Life Church 360. God, there's, there's so much more that you want to do through this community, and you're going to use us here to make a difference. And so I pray that, that, God, you would just bring him back, bless him and his family during this time. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, so like I said, uh, my wife, Lindsay, um, we've been married seven years, and uh, we just celebrated uh, our, um, our anniversary. I had to think of what that thing was called again. So celebrated our seven-year anniversary. We just took a trip to Boise. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's how we felt too. So we, were, we planned a trip like a year ago, and we were just trying to find a state that was like open and would allow us to come do things without restrictions. So <laughs> Idaho, uh, right next door, we went and had a great time in Boise, celebrated seven years. We have three kids. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Three kids uh, under three years old, all in diapers. So uh, she's got a full-time gig, and uh, I just help when she tells me to do things. So uh, I'm like, yes, ma'am, let's go. So um, we have a three-year-old C. Vienna, and um, we're fostering our niece right now. Her uh, name is Gracie, and then uh, my other biological kid, Sequoia. They're all named after Toyota vehicles up to this point. Uh, so Sequoia and uh, yeah, Sienna. So it was totally unintentional, but now it's become a thing. So we're talking about naming the next one Camry. We'll see <laughs> where it goes. Uh, but yeah, my, my family's great. I, I'm thankful that they allowed me to come be away to be with you. I, I love this. This is great. So thank you for letting me share with you guys today. And Pastor Matt said, hey, you can preach just a message if you want to preach whatever you want. Or he said you can talk to Ryan and Freddie and the guys and maybe join into the sermon series that they're doing. And so uh, Ryan invited me to preach a message as part of this sermon series, Life Sounds Like. And so uh, I had a fun time listening to some music, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But as I was putting this together, what I thought about is, is Life Sounds Like this song from One Republic. Any One Republic fans? Okay, cool. That's more than the first service. So uh, I don't listen to them a ton. There's just this one really catchy song that, uh, other than the Apologize song, that one was pretty big too. But uh, Stop and Stare. Uh, life sounds like this song, Stop and Stare, when I was thinking about it. And uh, man, if you didn't pay for tickets to get in here this morning, you should, because I heard these guys during the first service and they just killed it. So uh, give it up for the team. I didn't see any lighters out during the song. It was... Pastor Ryan appreciated that. So, um, yeah, I've been places before where there's been sermon illustrations with fire, and the, they're not generally encouraged. So they don't, they haven't gone well in the ones I've seen. So it's good. Um, we respect you keeping those in your pocket. So. <laughs> Well, hey, uh, man, I'm so excited today. Uh, we researched a lot of songs going into this, and it's what a fun series to be doing this. And so um, I spared you from listening to my, my taste in music this morning, uh, Stop and Stare, as much as I love that song. It's a little more emotional than what I listen to usually. Uh, I don't like to just cry myself on the freeway listening to, like, sad music. So uh, usually uh, my music more sounds like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's just like I listen to a lot of screamo and hardcore and punk rock and... Uh, again, judged by the skinny jeans, but um, yeah, I did. Freddie, Freddie has like a cute like angel voice, just like a sweet little like wrap him up in a Krispy Kreme donut kind of like yeah. He doesn't fit the like the rocker vibe too much. So next week he's gonna come in with eyeliner and yeah, painted fingernails. He's just gonna be like ah. so uh, yeah. So I spared you for my music this morning, and uh, I thought that this song, um, as I was just thinking about it, man, I, I listen to so much music, and even some of the songs I do enjoy listening to. Uh, I was looking at the lyrics, and it's crazy how just, like, things can be deep and, like, not deep at the same time. Like, uh, I was looking into it, and I was just like, it, I mean, it makes you seem like it means something, but then you think about it, and you're like, I mean, it could mean anything. It's like, it's just not going anywhere. And... Uh, I mean, there's one really pointed genre of music, this rap music, and uh, it's always about money, sex, or drugs, every song. Uh, and Christian rap's no different. It's money, sex, and drugs. It's just the other side of the thing, you know? They're like, ah, God brought me out of that. So, uh, or if there's, uh, I know this is where I like cut all of you guys off and you're just to stop listening to everything I talk about the rest of the time. Uh, but if there's any genre I just can't stand, it's country music. Uh, I just, I, yeah, a few people are with me. 
I, yeah, okay, all right, so not, not a lot, but take a ride on my big green tractor. So, uh, yeah, music in countries like trucks, beer, girls, and, uh, and lawn tractors. So I was just like, I'm not about that. Some of you guys are like, what are you talking about? What more to life is there than, like, that's, that's it. So, um, well, today uh, I was reflecting on this song, and as I thought about the, the meaning behind this song, I thought, you know, uh, I, I could just preach on whatever I want, but if I'm forcing that into a song that just doesn't have any meaning, then does the song really have any meaning? And so uh, I, I was thankful to land on this one and think and reflect. And uh, man, what a reflective song. And, and it kind of leads me into this, this message I want to share with you today is, is one of personal reflection for you and I this morning. And, uh, and so as we think about this, man, how many of you guys know like there are moments in life where we come to these points of reflection? And uh, man, I'm not really one of those people. If I can avoid it, I do. Uh, man, I, I'm like pure optimist. I try to see like the silver lining in everything, um, you know, just like roll with the punches and ignorance is bliss. That's me. Um, but I, I would be foolish to say that you can always live life like that and that it's fully sustainable. Like, all of us, we eventually come to points where you just have to face up to the music and, and things happen and, and you have to question, man, like, where am I at at this point in this moment? Is this what I really want? Is this who I really am? Is this where I want to be going? And I think one of those, man, if you haven't come to that moment in the last year, 2020, hello, anybody. Uh, I don't know if you've been around, but how many of you guys have come to more than one of those moments in the last year? So, man, I, I think it, it's pretty fitting right now that, that we've all kind of found ourselves in this common situation. And I think one thing that causes us to pause and to stop and reflect a lot of times is the, the topic of death. And when we, we face death, um, it, it's one of those uh, interruption moments in life, and it's usually not asked for or requested, and, and things have to stop, and we, we reflect, and maybe you've attended a, a service for someone that's passed away, and, and some of them are, are um, you know, full of sadness. Some of them are actually pretty funny. This is my silver lining and everything. Uh, sometimes just there's stories that come out when you remember someone's life and um, can just bring a lot of joy. You hear things about a person you've never heard before. And so one of those moments for me was my wife, Lindsay. Uh, her grandma had the great opportunity of knowing her. She's a fiery personality with red hair. That's probably why we got along. And um, she's just great. And so I, I got to attend her service. She died young in her 70s, I think. And um, there's that moment where people are coming up and they're sharing stories. And uh, Lindsay's grandma was super into NASCAR. Anyone like a big NASCAR fan? All right, I don't know anything about it, but uh, it's cool for you. So I've seen it on cereal boxes. That's as much as I know about NASCAR. But uh, So she was super into NASCAR, and um, this, this guy came up, and he said, yeah, I have a story I'd like to share. And um, he said, well, Donna was telling me about this, this uh, time that she got pulled over for a speeding ticket. And he said, if you don't know her, you've never ridden the car with her, he says, she likes to drive fast. And, uh, and so I just love it. She's grandma. so great. So uh, she's driving like 85, 90 miles an hour on the freeway. And, um, and so she gets pulled over, and eventually she pulls over. And the officer says, uh, you know why I pulled you over? And she says, yeah, I was speeding. And, uh, and so he says, well, okay. Um, he said, but I, I'm a little concerned because he said I was following you for two miles. And uh, you didn't pull over. And so she looked at him and she said, officer, I was going 85, 90 miles an hour. I was paying attention to the road in front of me, not what's behind me. And he lost it. He let her go, said, just get out, like, go for it. And uh, 
I don't think I'd have that luck, but she had the charm about her that got her off. But man, isn't it true that we have these moments where uh, even if you don't love these moments, there are times where it's necessary that we stop and we reflect and we, we think about where we are. And so I was thinking about this, these lyrics in this song, stop and stare, I think I'm moving, but I go nowhere. Yeah, I know that everyone gets scared, but I've become what I can't be. And, and maybe you're there, maybe you, you uh, resonate with that today and, and this other line, stop and stare, you start to wonder why you're here and not there. You'd give anything to get what's fair, but fair isn't what you really need. Can you see what I see? And uh, man, so it, it makes me think of this passage, stop and stare, in the book of Matthew, and, and I want to invite you to read with me a, a common story to most of you today. Uh, Freddie preached half my message already in the middle of worship, uh, plagiarism, because I spoke it first. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's in the Bible, so you can't. But anyways, open to Matthew chapter 14. I'd love to share this story with you this morning. And before we get too far into it, uh, man, it's a common story you've probably heard before if you've been around a little bit. Uh, Peter walks on water. And, um, and so, uh, before leading up to this story, uh, Jesus is actually having a pretty tough time. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had like just a rough day and you're trying to get away and, and Jesus, he's experiencing this. If you read through uh, in the chapter right before it, uh, Jesus has just experienced the death of his cousin, John the Baptist. And, uh, and so John, he's hearing about his death and he's mourning the death and he's trying to get away so he can come to this moment of prayer to be away by himself to reflect. And man, I don't know if that's you. You're like, man, I just want to be by myself. Um, I didn't share this first service, but the way my mind works, things just come and so I have to let them out. So uh, when I was a kid, uh, I had... Um, I'm just telling you this because I don't get super emotional very often, but I had some moments as a child. Uh, we had two chihuahuas. If you love chihuahuas, I'm sorry for you. Uh, I hated them. Uh, they're the ugliest dogs I've ever seen in my life. Um, but um, very fitting, their names were Taco and Salsa. Uh, so I had these two dogs, Taco and Salsa. And uh, anytime my parents got me in trouble, sent me to my room, and I was like, nobody loves me, I, I would just take Salsa and I'd cuddle her. And you're the only one that loves me, Salsa. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, you guys are laughing, whatever. But um, <laughs> I'm trying to be vulnerable with you. So. Uh, Jesus is, is having one of these moments. He just, he wants to get away. He's, he's trying to get away from everybody, but everybody keeps following him. And, and so this crowd of people follows Jesus and they're, they're coming and they're sick and they need healing. And so it says that Jesus, he healed everyone that was there in front of him. So Jesus, in this moment of like, please get away from me, he, he humbles himself and, and he heals all of them. Uh, but that's not enough because now that they've been healed, they're all hungry. And they're like, Jesus, our food, we need sustenance. And so uh, he feeds 5,000 people. Like, I don't know if you've cooked for more than 10 people, but it's a lot of work. And, and Jesus, all he wants to do is be alone, and now he feeds them all. And, and so, man, what a tough time. And, and so finally, he comes to this moment where he sends the crowds away, and he's like, finally, like, I can get alone, and I can pray. And uh, that's where we pick up today. In uh, Matthew chapter 14, said immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and they crossed to the other side of the lake. And then while he sent the people home, after sending them home, he went into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell 
when he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen against, and they were fighting the heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, and they cried out in fear, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, do not be afraid. Now, again, I didn't say this uh, in the first service, but sometimes I think we just gloss over things. If a ghost was talking to me and said, do not be afraid, right? I, I, I don't know if I'd probably be doing what these guys are doing. And, and so they say, man, we want to see if this is really who he is. And so he says, um, Jesus spoke to them, don't be afraid. Take courage for I'm here. Then Peter called and said, Lord, if it really is you, then tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And immediately Jesus reached out and grabbed him and said, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? When he climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped and the disciples worshiped him. They said, you really are the son of God. You know, a lot of us, we read that story or maybe we've heard it before and, and we think that the miracle is that, that Peter walked on the water and I'm a pastor's kid my whole life and so I know that's what I grew up thinking the miracle is all about because every time we went on a family vacation, uh, I, I tried to walk on the water. Um, I know there's a few of you that have done this before, and uh, I, it hasn't happened yet for me. Um, I guess I just don't have enough faith. I'm still working towards it. Uh, but I've tried many, many, many times. Um, you know, we were so spiritual. We'd, our favorite game to play was like baptism. We'd like go to the pool on vacation and be like, oh, I'm going to baptize you. And so, uh, yeah, but uh, I tried to walk on water. But the, the point of the story really isn't that Peter walked on the water. The, the miracle of the story is Peter's faith in this person of Jesus. Peter's faith in the, the Son of God, that they come to this realization, man, this, this is the one, this is him, this is God himself. And Peter's faith in Jesus is really the miracle and the testament of the story that we're reading about. But it made me think of this lyric from the song that it says, but something pulls my focus out and I'm standing down. See, something pulled Peter's focus out, and Peter's fear was greater than his faith in that moment, and his fear overcame, and his fear pulled his focus away from Jesus in that moment. And the question I have for us as we reflect and we kind of journey through this message today is, what is it in your life that, that is greater than your faith in Jesus? What is it that, that's trying to pull your focus out, the thing that, that comes up, that gets in the way, that is greater than your faith? And, and the main point I want to communicate today, if you really don't hear anything else, this is it, is that faith cannot be sustained if your focus is on anything other than Jesus. Your faith cannot be sustained if your focus is on anything other than Jesus, and the reality is, is there will always be something. Someone say something. Oh, come on, say something. There will always be something competing for your focus. Uh, man, if you haven't experienced that, if you're a mom in the room, you know what I'm talking about. Like my wife, I come home and uh, she's like, man, I had all these plans today to do X, Y, and Z. And she's like, I didn't do any of them. 
She's like, take the kids and go. Like, I want to, like, have my time, right? Uh, and, uh, and so I'm like, oh, you didn't do anything? And she's like, no, they, they need me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so you're just like, oh, I mean, you can do something, right? And she's like, you take them for, like, the day and see what happens, right? And, and so if you're a mom, you know what I'm talking about, right? Something is always competing for our focus. And, and usually it's not something you invite. Usually it's something that, that interrupts you and it's, it's competing for your focus. But if your focus is on anything other than Jesus, your faith cannot be sustained. Hashtag the struggle is real, right? I'm not on TikTok, but Freddie is if you guys want to follow him. Oh, man. So it, it reminded me of this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, why is it that Paul, really the reason, the one guy responsible for the, the reason why we're all sitting here today, right? He, he took this message of faith across the globe. He's responsible for writing like half of the New Testament, and he's done this great work and Paul himself, he says, man, after all of this stuff, after all this work that I've done for Jesus, after living this out in my own life, I fear that in the end, I could become disqualified. And what Paul is saying is, hey, pay attention because there will always be something competing for your focus. There's always going to be something. So run to win. Focus on the goal. Focus on the person. Galatians six fourteen says, as for me, may I never boast about anything except for the cross of Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has died also. See, in order to overcome these, these distractions, these, these things that try to pull us away in our focus, we have to crucify ourselves to anything of this world so that we can live for Christ. And focus, it's something that requires discipline, and discipline's not something we love. Um, I do not discipline myself in plenty of areas in my life. Um, I work with a whole bunch of, like, CrossFit buff guys, and they're like, oh, Taylor, you need to work out. And I'm like, I'm just not into that. I'm fine. Like, I'll just, I'll do my thing. So, <laughs> amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you guys, you're like, he's preaching now. And so, uh, man, it, focus requires discipline. And anything that you accomplish in life, it, it doesn't happen on accident. It happens because we focus ourselves and we discipline ourselves. And, and it reminds me of, of this lyric in the song that says, it's time to make my last appeal for the life that I lead. And so the writer of the song, he's, he's reflecting in this, this idea of stop and stare. You know, I think I'm moving, but I go nowhere. I've, I've become what I can't be. And he recognizes, you know, the reason I'm where I'm at is because I've led myself to where I am. And uh, man, I, I know there's a lot of politics, so I'm not trying to get into that. But can I just say, man, we live in a free country. Like, we have is so good. And I, I know 2020 has been crazy, and, and I'm not, like, the big, biggest fan of it either. You know, I'm not hoping to go back and relive it. But we live in a privileged country, 
And, and man, if you don't say amen to anything else, that's, that's a good spot. Like, we have so good where we are. And if anyone has free will, man, it's, it's us. We are so privileged. And, and God, he gave us this gift of free will. But it, it's an individual act. It, it's a choice. And, and if it weren't, then it wouldn't be free. And the only person leading you today is, is you. And James chapter 1, verse 14 through 15, it says that temptation, it comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful action. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Now, James is an incredible book. James is the brother of Jesus. And so, man, if you want to read a book of the Bible, it's about five chapters long. It's a great place to start if you're questioning, man, what does it mean to uh, live faith? And what James clearly communicates through the book of James is that faith is an action. Sometimes we think of faith as like it is this mystical force or, you know, we, we hear the passage like faith is as small as a mustard seed. And so we're, we're trying to like muster something up, some sort of like spiritual experience. But faith is actually an action. And, and the book of James it is so great because it communicates to us our part to play in this word that we call faith. And, and if your faith is, is focused on anything other than Jesus, I can tell you today it's not of faith that will be sustained. And James tells us in chapter one, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. <laughs> when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And what it reminds me of this is, hey, you are the leader of your life. You might not have asked for the place that you're in. You might not wish anything that's happening to you in your circumstance. But James says, hey, take the opportunity for great joy. And what it means is, is we also have the option to see it as half empty. But it's the life that we lead. And he says, consider these as an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as the wave of the sea that is blown and tossed away by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, for their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. You ever find your life to be unstable? What happens, things compete for our focus, and we struggle to keep things in focus. And it reminds me a lot of, of this car, and um, man... I don't know about you, but, but these things are, are hard to drive. And uh, uh, really, I didn't buy this car for any other reason than I just wanted to play with it this morning. So <laughs> I went to Walmart, got it for 30 bucks. It's, it's, I had so much fun. We were at the camp, and I just like, was running around the gym. It was great. So, but here's the deal. Man, this car, I don't know if you've driven one before, uh, and uh, I think I'm going to invite someone to come up and, and drive it in a little bit here. But, but man, can I just tell you, it is a challenge to keep this thing straight. 
And if I hold the button down, it's not too long before it starts going the other direction. And so I continually have to make adjustments to keep this thing on the path that I want to lead it. And uh, man, it's even harder if, if I want to drive it with no vision. And uh, man, I thought we, I had some time in the last service. If someone wanted to come drive it real quick, I'd invite you to come drive. You want to drive it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a driver's license? Oh, right, man. Uh, and if you're online, I apologize that you probably can't see this this morning, but I'm going to put it down here, and I'm just going to give you an opportunity to drive a little bit. Just right. make your own path. Have some fun. All right, pause. Uh, now, now I want you to keep driving. And uh, yeah, yeah, if you can make it back to the room uh, in like 10 seconds, I'll give you $100. I'm doing this by memory. No, no, you keep your money. <laughs> I'm keeping my money. What a good guy. Okay. All right, let's see. You got to make it to the back. I can hear it. Wait, make it to the back? Yeah, 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 the back, like the oh. door you came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shoot. Okay, I got this. I'm about to be so impressed right now. I've hit someone. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> Take a look. Oh, I hit something. Hey, can we give it up for him? Faith can't be sustained unless the focus is, is Jesus and nothing else. And, and, you know, we think about the car, and, uh, man, it's a great time to shift my message and preach on a different song. If you ever, like, Carrie Underwood fans, I know I'm not a country fan, but she's, like, halfway there. So, uh, <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. I don't know if you heard that song. Uh, but, man, I'm not really capable of taking this thing where it needs to be uh, because the analogy breaks down in that I'm not really supposed to be the one driving the car. But, but when I try, let me tell you, it takes a lot of effort to keep this thing straight. But the real picture of faith is that we would surrender it to Jesus, that, that we would let go of the control of our life, of our desires, of our purpose, of our identity, of our dreams and our aspirations, and, and we surrender them to the person of Jesus. And Jesus is the one who initiates, he perfects our faith. Hebrews 12 verse one through two says that therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. For we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Your faith cannot be sustained if your focus is on anything other than Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the one who initiates and perfects our faith. And so many times this morning, I'm asking you to, with me, take a moment of self-reflection. There's something that competes for our focus. And if we allow that thing to be greater than our faith in Jesus, what happens is we try to take control of our life. And, and in a moment of reflection, maybe you, you think, man, my life is not where it needs to be. And you know, a lot like this car, it's not just a one and done thing, but someone has to have their hands on the control to get it where it needs to go. And, and you taking the control of your life is a recipe to end up everywhere you don't want to be. And maybe you've lived enough life to experience this. 
uh, I've learned that, that I, I don't do so hot when I try to make things happen on my own. And especially when it comes to faith. Man, I know that I, I don't live up to the person that Jesus needs me to be. And the hope and the joy for you and me is that we're not the ones who do the work because it's Jesus who's the initiator and the perfecter of our faith. Some of us, you know, we just, we're hoping, again, if I could change the song, the sun will come out tomorrow, right? Annie, I don't know if you've seen that movie, great film. Uh, We'll preach that another day. But we kind of live like that. We're just hoping, man, like maybe something will happen tomorrow. And maybe if luck catches me, I'll get where I need to be. But that's not how life works, and it's not how faith works. Faith requires discipline. And we have to discipline ourselves to keep our focus on Jesus. Paul says, I run with purpose in every step. Because in the end, I don't want to be disqualified. I don't want to find out that I didn't make it because I allowed my focus to drift. And what I love in Philippians, it says that the Holy Spirit is actually working inside of you. It's not me who does anything to earn anything. It's the Holy Spirit that works inside of us, giving us the desires to do what pleases Him. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to move, when we allow the Holy Spirit to do a work, Jesus leads us into the perfection of our faith. But I have to encourage you and remind you today that that if you're trying to do it on your own, and maybe you've been at this for a long time. I think the most dangerous place for any of us in faith are really the ones that have been doing this for a long time. Because we, we get to a place where we're confident in our ability to live for Jesus. And we, we know so much that, that we think, God, I can just do it for you. And Jesus, in these moments of failure that we all experience, he, he reaches out and he says, you have little faith. Why did you try to do it on your own? Because you were never supposed to do it on your own. Peter, he took his eyes off of Jesus and Jesus said he immediately reached out to grab him. Peter tried to look elsewhere when Jesus was with him in the moment of his greatest fear. When you're in the the moment and the circumstances of of the greatest distractions of your life and, and again, the person who's led you to where you are today is you. You might be following someone or following a path, but Make no mistake, you're the one that chose to follow that. And I just want to encourage you today, man, if you would with me take a moment of reflection and to pause and to think, man, is this where I need to be? Am I who I want to be? Or maybe like the song, have I become what I don't want to be? Man, is this it? Is this the direction that I'm pointed in where I think I need to be going? And I just want to encourage you that sanctification, this life of salvation and faith in Jesus, it's a daily process. And it doesn't get better the longer you follow Jesus. It's a continual focus to discipline ourselves, to run with purpose in every step, that in the end, we would be awarded the great prize of Jesus himself. See, we we surrender everything. Paul says, I've crucified myself to the desires of this world. And scripture says that when we try to hang on to the life, we actually lose it. If you try to hold on to your own plans and your own dreams and your own direction and your own success, the Bible actually says in the end, you lose it all. But Jesus said, man, if you give it all up for my sake, if you cash everything out to follow me, you gain everything. And so today, if you would, I just want to invite you 
to have a moment of self-reflection, to have a moment of prayer before Jesus. And, and I'm not really here to tell you what to do this morning. What, what I want you to do is to reflect on where you are and ask yourself, man, do I need to reposition? Do I need to pivot some things in my life so I can get my focus back where it needs to be with Jesus? And when we do that, Jesus does this great work where he's the one who initiates and he perfects our faith. And he, he leads us to a life that can be sustained through him and by him and for him. So I want to invite you to pray with me today. And man, wherever you find yourself, there's not a person in this room that doesn't need Jesus. There's not a person in this room that can live faith aside from Jesus. And today, if you're like me, I wonder if, if you just need to take one of those moments of reflection to stop and to stare and to look at your life and say, Jesus, today I need you. So I want to invite you to pray with me. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for what you're doing right here in this community at Life Church 360. God, for your love that has surrounded this place today. God, I, I don't know about everyone in this room, but I know that I find myself daily in a position where something tries to pull my focus out from the thing that matters most. And today, God, I want to position myself. I don't want to get to the end to find out that I've been disqualified because I've allowed other things in my life to become greater than my faith in you. So Jesus, today I surrender myself to you. God, I crucify every desire, every plan, every hope. God, that, that I wouldn't hold on to this control of my life, but God, I would willingly, daily, in this moment, choose to surrender it to you so that you can do the work through me and the power of your Holy Spirit. God, the one who initiates and perfects our faith. God, would you do a work in me? Would you do a work in your people today? In your name we pray, amen.